I just love the worship this morning. Presence of God. That's right. Give them a hand. Oh, that's, yeah, they're good. They're good. Wow. As, as Dan said, we're talking about momentum. And on Tuesday, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I didn't even know that yet. On Tuesday, I was going to dinner. I know. How exciting is that? And I was in my car, and uh, this little light started flashing on the dashboard. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. And it had been flashing for a couple of weeks. But, you know, I just, I, I, I kept saying to myself, oh, you know, oh, I'll get around to that. Like, I'll, I'll check out what that little thing is because I don't know what it is. I mean, I know the oil light and I know the, you know, the, I checked that, that it wasn't cold or hot, so I thought I can't be that bad. So, you know, it's been doing it for a couple of weeks, but this time it was making a difference because I was going to Budrum and I was going up Ballinger Road, if you know that. It's a hill and it's steep and it's like that. So I start going up the hill and I can feel the car dying. It starts going slower. There's hardly any power in it. I'm like, come on, come on, we can do it. And I feel like, you know, opening the door and like getting out and like doing a little bit of, you know, like the Flintstone thing to get, like, like come on, let's get up the hill. And I'm leaning forward in the car and pushing like that. Like, not that that was doing it, but it made me feel good. Made me feel good because I'm thinking, come on. And I'm even throwing a prayer in there. Come on, Jesus, we can do it. We can do it. Oh. I made it to the top of that hill like, yes! And, and, and it's sort of like chugging along into a parking spot. And I was actually speaking to someone on the phone at the time. Like, I mean, not like that, like hands-free, because I don't do like that on the car. Right, but anyway, I'm, I'm talking to them and I'm telling them like, oh, there's this, there's this little sign. I don't know what it is. They go, what, was, what does it look like? I said, it looks like something in, like a, in, the sub, in a submarine. And they're like, what? I said, like a little handle. I, I, I was trying to explain this thing. Oh, my goodness, seriously. They didn't know what it was either. No, but how would they know? Because it's not getting explained very well. But I get into the car park, and I get out my car manual, which is in the glove box. Good place to, to have that, just a tip right there. All right. I get it out, and I look it up, and I think, whoa, there it is, the submarine thing. It is the malfunction indicator. Oh, awesome. Something like, that's awesome. Put the book down and go off to dinner. But anyway, but do you know sometimes in life, you think, you, you, you think you're going along, but then you start getting indicators in your life that maybe things aren't going as well as they could be. And sometimes we can ignore that. And guess what? Nothing changes or it gets worse. It gets worse. I mean, you know, that story, I've got my car fixed, it's all good, it's all right. But, but in our lives, if we don't take notice of the indicators that are happening in our life, to make, you know, to, that, that a point, because that's what happens. We get things pointed out to us. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. If you keep on eating 20 donuts a day, this is going to happen. If you, you know, like, so th th there's all these things but there's indicators about it. But that car manual actually knows. God's manual knows about your life. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. So, you know, sometimes, have you ever felt really flat? You know, like, not, like for example, you, you, you wanna lose weight, 
all you people online too. I'm just saying. I'm not saying you don't have to. I'm just saying if you wanted to lose weight and you get all the stuff, you get the measuring cups, you get the right food, you get your little diet that you're going to prepare, you've got your little exercise program, you get all that stuff. And when you start, you're on fire. Like, yes! Like I'm measuring my lettuce and I'm, and I'm going to the gym for two minutes or whatever. But, but you, you're on, you've got this momentum happening, like it's happening and you're starting to lose weight and you're feeling good and it's so good. Three weeks down the track, nothing is happening. Have you ever had that happen? Like you hit what they call a plateau. Nothing is happening. Why, why aren't these scales changing at all? Because I'm, I'm still doing good. I'm doing the same sort of stuff, but nothing's happening. In life, we can have things that, that are flat in life. Like it might be our finances. There are times when things are flat with finances, or it might be relationships, times when it's flat with, or, or physical, you know, it might be your health. There are times when we plateau. So today I'm going to talk about how you get out of that, how you get momentum. Because momentum is forward motion fueled by a series of wins. Yeah? You had a series of wins in your life? You know when you've got momentum because everything is easy. Everything happens so quickly. It's like pushing a rock down a hill. Like you can't even catch it. You're struggling to keep up with it because it's got momentum. It just happens fast. It's so easy. So that's momentum. And it's contagious. It's like a magnet. You know, when there's momentum happening, people are attracted to momentum, to movement, to things that are happening. Momentum attracts people. This church has momentum. That's why people are attracted to like, what is going on? Like people are getting healed there. Lives are changing there. Like you heard Joe's testimony. Things are happening. People are getting healed. She got healed here. Lots of people. That's momentum. And it attracts people. They think, I want some of that. Their lives are changing. Things are getting better. Their, their, their business is improving. All those things. Like in the Bible, like I'm going to um, look at some scripture in 1 Samuel, but before I do, I just want to give you some context. Like David, he's a shepherd boy at this time. I mean, eventually he is the king, King David. But he's a shepherd boy. And one day his father sends him to, um, to his bros that are out on the front line. Take, you know, take some food to your brothers. So he goes out there. And when he gets there onto the front line, there's this giant there. His name is Goliath. He is taunting their army. He's taunting the Israelites. Goliath is nine feet tall. I actually stood up John, who was in the earlier service, because he's like six foot nine, and he is a giant, if you know John. And then you think like, whoa, that's another couple of feet on top of that. I mean, that's massive. And I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do it now, because I can't see anyone who's like nearly seven foot. But imagine me times two. <laughs> but nine feet, that's massive, right? Massive. And he was fierce. And he was like a unit. He's like a fridge, right? He wanted, and what he wanted to do, Goliath wanted to fight someone. And he said, just one-on-one. -on -one. And whoever won out of them, like they wouldn't kill the rest of the people, but they would become their slaves. So that was what Goliath wanted. But no one, there were no takers. No one wanted to fight Goliath. I don't know why. But anyway, no one was either brave enough or stupid enough to fight Goliath. So David, he rolls up with his food for his brothers, takes it there, and he thinks, like, what's going on here? He sees Goliath taunting everybody and saying, like, come out, you know, I'm going to, like, beat you to a pulp and kill you or whatever. And he, he sees this happening, and then he goes up to Saul, who was the king at that time, and he goes, 
I'll do it. I'll fight him. Oh my goodness. Now we're going to look into the word of God. In 1 Samuel 17 and 33, you can follow me on the screen. Um, Saul replied, so David said, I'll do it. But Saul replies, uh, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion and a bear, a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. That's impressive. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Oh, I love the Bible. It's so cool. Like your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised too much information right there. Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. So Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Now David had momentum. David, while he's looking after his sheep, in his normal job, he killed a lion and he killed a bear. He's got momentum. He is not afraid. Man, I just like killed a lion with my bare hands. I killed a bear. So when he goes there and all this taunting is coming from Goliath, he is not afraid of him. He's got momentum. Momentum creates confidence. And he's got confidence. He's filled with confidence and filled with faith in God that God will help him win this next victory. So he's killed a, killed a bear, killed a lion, and now he wants to kill Goliath. So he gets out there, and he doesn't just like walk up to him. He's got five stones, amazing. But he, he runs because he's got moment. He runs from him, boom, hits him in the middle of the head, kaboom, he's gone. So you know, he might be tall, but it didn't even matter. Boom, chopped his head off with the sword and all that sort of stuff. But the thing is, he didn't stop there. Do you know sometimes in life, you can have a major victory? You might sometimes have a major victory with your finances, or you might have a major victory with your health, or you might have a major victory in a relationship. And then we, we sit back and think, oh, that's so awesome. That's actually the time for the next victory. Don't lose your momentum. Like, when you've got momentum, keep it going. Keep it going. So, so when, you know, when you've got a victory in your home, ride it until there's another victory. David, by building up that momentum in himself, he used his previous victories, killing the lion, killing the bear, that gave him the confidence to kill the Philistine. And then when that happened, like Saul loved him because he thought, like, wow, this guy. And he puts him out in his army. So David doesn't stop there. He wins battle after battle after battle after battle after battle and right up through into 2 Samuel in the Bible until it gets to chapter 11 and he sins. Because sin can be a momentum killer. He has an affair with, a, an affair with another um, guy's wife. And then if that wasn't bad enough, he, he sends uh, his, her husband out into the front line to be killed. So... You know, but before that, the momentum was going because it was victory after victory after victory after victory. And you can have that in your life. You just need to work out right now 
What's your, what's your victory now? What, what are you going to do now? So much so was he like had victories that in Psalm 1837 it says, I caught up with my enemies and I conquered them. And I didn't turn back until the war was won. He was determined. Victory after victory. He kept living off the previous victory to get the next one. So momentum did build his confidence. And if I think about sports teams, you might have been in a sports team or might have watched your kids' sports team, they can get momentum. In fact, I'm thinking of like, there's a game next week. State of origin, I know. State of origin, did you guess that? Queenslander. Anyway, there's this game. And I thought, you know what, Queensland, I felt like Queensland have always won. Would you feel like that? Oh. She needs prayer afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> but so I looked it up. For the last 13 years, Queensland have won how many, do you think, out of 13 has Queensland won? Ah, oh, see, there's a person right there, Queensland. I love you, Rod. How many? Does anyone know? Oh, yeah, Alex saying zero, like, just stop it. 11. 11 out of 13 since 2006. Queensland, in 2006, in fact, they won eight years in a row. That's momentum. Do you see what momentum is? That's momentum. And do you know what it does? It attracts momentum because all of us Queenslanders, every time they play, like, yeah, we're going to win. We're confident. Gives us confidence. They've got confidence and we've got confidence. And, you know, they had a like, couple of little speed bumps in those 13 years, just two years that they lost. <laughs> what a laugh. Anyway, so, but, you know, so when it comes to Wednesday, like, we're confident, aren't we? Because we've got momentum. Like, 11 wins out of 13, like, come on. No wonder I feel like we're always winning. But anyway, that's momentum. And the greater the momentum, the greater the impact. So I could, I could... Oh, yeah, but I better not. I could, like, push this over here, standing from here. I could push it, and it'll hit the ground, and it'll make a little bit of an impact, and I'll probably get in trouble. But I'm, so I'm not going to do it. But I could do that. So it'll make some impact. But if I step back here, yeah, 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 and I get down, and I get, like, a helmet and some shoulder pads, and I'm a Queenslander, uh, and then I went run and sprint and hit that. Yeah, I reckon I could knock you out there in the, back, in the, back, in the fourth one. Do you see what I mean? When you come back, the more momentum, the greater the impact, the further it will go, the further it will go. So that's why once you, you know, like you get, you get on a roll, you stay on that roll. That's what they call it, the big mo, you know, on a roll. So yeah, that's right. So two things, I want to tell you two things that I've, I really feel have helped me with momentum over time. The first one is foundation. Okay, having a foundation. Having a foundation is having clear vision and values of where you're going, your values, your vision. What are your goals? You know those goals that you set back in January? Have you looked at them again? That, those sort of things. Like sometimes when you're in a plateau, it's because you've lost your vision. So get those out and, and clarify what is your vision, what are your values, what are your goals, and then sometimes it's great to actually ask questions. You can ask God, good one right there. 
ask God for help. Like, what is going on right now, God? Why is this happening? Why, why, is it, why isn't that happening? You can ask God. You can ask like a coach or a mentor or a teacher, depending on the situation, because they can actually see things that you may not. That's why it's good to ask. Or you ask somebody who's come through that situation. If you've got a financial plateau, you speak to someone who's doing well with their finances, who's, who's, who's gone through that, and they can help you more because they know where they've been. They've already had a past victory, but they can pass that victory on to you. So you ask people, like, so foundation right there. And like a house, for example, has got a foundation. If you, you live in a house, and I'm sure you do, like you, you, there's a foundation. Now, once the house is up, you never actually see that foundation again, but it's there. Because if it wasn't there, the house would fall down. That's how important foundation is. You need to have foundation. And if I think about anything new that you do, you need the foundation. When I started share trading, I didn't just start. I learned about share trading. I learned how to trade. I, learned, I, I did a course on different things on how to do it because I needed a foundation. When I gave my heart to God 16 years ago, I needed a foundation. I needed to know who I was, honestly. Who, like, who, who, who are you? Like, what, you know, what's on the inside of me? And, and so growth track, which we talked about earlier, like some people have gone out there, growth track will actually help you to grow. That's why it's called growth track. It puts you on a track to grow. It'll put a fire in your Christian journey because you'll learn more about our church, but you'll learn more about you and what makes you work and what your foundation is and what your gifts are. Like, commit to four Sundays. That's all it takes, four Sundays. Commit to four Sundays, get a fire in you and find out who you are if you don't know already. So one other thing that's foundational for me has been focus on the Word of God. This is incredible. I talked about before. For my car, I had the car manual. And that tells me about what that submarine sign was. But this actually is a manual for my life and how I live my life. I have learned so much out of the, the Bible. It is nuts. The Bible has taught me probably more than anything ever in my life because it's so crazy. Like, God's word, when you read it, it lights up to you. And there, you could have decisions that you want to make. There could be decisions and, that, and things that you're not certain about and you're wondering what to do next. When you read the word of God, you will find it. I was thinking just recently, well, you know, maybe about a few months ago, that maybe I'm watching too much Netflix. Yes, right there. Don't say that. Dan, <laughs> no, 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 but, but I, I was, I was like feeling it, but I'm thinking, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I mean, it's not my fault, it just rolls on to the next thing, is it, you know, like, seriously, like, it's all good, it's all good, but I, but I had that little feeling on the inside, do you know how sometimes you have a little feeling about, and it might be a little feeling like you think, oh, I, I need to do that, and you have this little feeling, so next day, I'm, I'm actually reading the Bible, and God tells me, yes, you are watching a bit too much Netflix. And you think, what, Netflix is in the Bible? Like, no, it isn't. But, but obviously it had been in my mind, and I'm reading in Psalm 119, and I'm reading, I'm like, I'm loving it. It's so encouraging, yeah, because God's word is encouraging. It's alive. 
and I mean it, it's alive and it brings you to life. It speaks life over you. So it is alive. So I'm reading it. I'm having a fat time. I'm like, yeah, God, like, bring it on. Bring that encouragement. But, you know, God's word can also correct you. So anyway, I'm reading along, and I'm thinking, like, yeah, that's so good. And then I read, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and and revive me in your way. I'm like, wow, God, that's... That's not nice, you know, like really. But straight away, I'd been reading thinking, oh, this is so encouraging, this is so encouraging. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that. And do you know what? I could not, like, it it smacked me in the eye. This is what I mean. God's word is alive. He told me, like, yeah, you are. Turn your eyes away from worthless things and revive me in your ways. Like, get revived in his ways. There's nothing wrong with watching Netflix, but... You know, too much, not good for you. So God's word speaks to you. He can tell you whatever, really, whatever is going on. If you've got trouble with a relationship, read the word of God. If you are having trouble with finances, read the word of God. If you want to make friends, read the word of God. God will highlight whatever it is you need at the time. This is and this this is not a one-off thing. This this happens to me practically every day. Because there's always something going on. Because God leads you. He guides you in his word. He corrects you in his word. But he, gives you, he helps you to make decisions. God word, God's word is powerful. It's alive and it's sharp. It's so, so good. So that's all about foundation. And then the second thing is do something. That's right. Take a step. Make a bold decision. Because you can think, oh, sometimes there's been so many times that I'm like sitting on the fence. I'm thinking, I don't know whether to do this. I don't know whether to do that. I don't know whether to do this. And it was like, at one of these times, and it was like God spoke to me because I was reading this time in, um, where is it? Isaiah 30, 21. So I was trying to make a decision about an investment, a particular investment. I'm thinking, well, it looks good, but I'm not sure. How much should I be putting in? Is that too much? Is the timing right? How long is it going to take? All these questions, don't they drive you nuts? Questions drive you nuts sometimes, but I'm thinking I'm feeling good about it, but I'm not certain. I need confirmation. like God. So I'm praying like, God, help me about this. And that next day, I was reading in Isaiah, and it says, uh, in Isaiah 30, 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So it was like God saying to me, like, for heaven's sake, just make a decision. Do something. Because it says whether you turn to the right or to the left. It's when you're moving, God can guide you. Do you understand? Because faith is like that. Faith happens on movement. So when you're moving, and it was just like, make a decision. Because when you make a decision, then I'll, like, I'll make it clear. So I made a decision. I made the investment. And I felt God say to me, you're walking in my way. Do you get? And it all comes from the Bible, though. This is how amazing the Bible, the Word of God is. It can help you in so many different situations. Every situation. It is the answer for everything, for every question that you have. So do something. So whatever, you know, I I really feel there are people here right now, you've been thinking about doing something, but you haven't quite got there. And today, I just really feel God is going to speak to you about like, hey, 
this is what you need to do, and you need to do it now. You need to do something now. Now, part, like, so those are the, my two things. Get a foundation of whatever it is that you're doing. Find out more about it. You might need to ask somebody about it. And do something. Just put some action to it. Put some steps to it. So whatever it is today, there's a next step for you. It doesn't matter where you are in your Christian life. It doesn't really matter at all. Because one word from God can ignite a new season of momentum in your life. Pastor Phil, who was here a couple of months ago, who's the founder of C3, our C3 movement, he prophesied over our church. And when he does that, it actually affects every person in this church because it flows down to every individual. And he said that this church was going to shake the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, come on, that's you guys. You're going to shake the Sunshine Coast. But he also said... Uh, that doors that have been closed off from further progress, that doors would open to you in June, July in property and buildings. Oh my gosh, and what is it now? June, I know. Doors are ready to open. You are in the right place. I really fear today you're in the right place here because you're going to think, whoa, what is it that is my next step? And those doors are going to open. Then he said, God is going to move. Yes, he is. God is going to move. And that there's been difficult times financially for some people, but it's going to be a year of breakthrough. And to be able to give to the, like, like you know, people who want to give, and it's been, it's their gift in their life, but it's been so, so difficult. But it's going to be a year of breakthrough for them. And I, as I was praying into that, I just thought like, wow, yes, yes, this is for our church. And God showed me something. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't about like shaking there, but it was amazing. So I saw a vending machine. I know. And you think like, what? But yeah, a vending machine. And you know how you put money into a vending machine? I saw the money going in. The price has already been paid. But in this vending machine, it, like, it wasn't potato chips and chocolate and all that sort of stuff. No, it wasn't. There was little cubes and they actually had words on. So there was like finance relationship, friendship, knowledge, wisdom, all those, all these, and it was full of all these things that God has for us. And when that money went in, and you know how you normally choose something, like you put H8 or whatever, and then H8 falls out. Well, H8 fell out, and then all of a sudden it was like everything else was released, and it just came fell out because there is going to be victory in this house. There's going to be momentum. People will see physical healing happening in this place. I saw, actually it was crazy, I saw physical healing happening here. More, Not only uh, more in quantity, because you heard about Joe getting healed. Lots of people have been healed in here. It's not about that, but it's an intensity. I feel that there will be blind eyes that will be open, that deaf ears will be open, that people will rejoice, and that finances, because I really felt the touch on that finances, there is a breakthrough coming for all those that have been held back like a flood, like a dam, bursting, like bursting. The spirit of burst is going to come over your life. Whoa, come on, that's so good. But, but that's it, because the price has been paid already. So, you know, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray now. And I just want to, everyone to shut your eyes, because I want you, I'm going to give you some time, just a little bit of time. I want you to start thinking about what is it 
what's the next step for you? Whether it's your finances, relationship, Bible. So how many of you here today, you need that sudden breakthrough in your life and it doesn't matter who you like. I want you to raise your hand in your chair, eyes are closed. You need that sudden breakthrough. I wanna pray for you. So many hands, come on. God is good, God is good. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the burst that there will be a burst in finances in Jesus' name. That people that don't have a job, Father, your favour would be upon them. But every business in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for networking. I thank you, Lord, for the flow. I see cash registers adding up, adding up, adding up. Increase in Jesus' name, that there'll be multiplication in business. I thank you, Father, for every person, whether it's healing. Father, I pray for healing. Lord, you can do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. Father, I pray for healing in bodies in Jesus' name. I pray for emotional healing in Jesus' name. Lord, you're the God of the breakthrough. I thank you that today that you've spoken to each person about their next step whether it's water baptism or finances or relationship, Father, that you are there, that you are with them, that they would see breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God is good. And He is for you.